Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into season two, episode five of Twin Peaks. Yes. <laughs> the Orchid's <laughs> Curse. Is that what this one is? I think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm starting off with a case of the giggles, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I feel like it's a good way to end uh, a Monday is with the case of the giggles. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Today was the first day that felt like summer is here because it was hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so hot. <laughs> And we're only in, what is, we're in May, so I'm afraid to kind of feel like what the rest of the summer is going to be like, but. True. It hasn't rained a lot this year, or I mean, not in the past couple of weeks, at least. Mm-mm. So hopefully yeah. the rain will keep coming and <laughs> cool us off every afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we don't have any melting trash cans or any yeah. of that stuff. We don't get that really. I don't feel like it gets no, that I... hot here. No, it's usually more like in like Arizona and stuff. People yeah. will be like, my trash can's melting into the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> no, we feel the heat more, but it's not as hot. <laughs> <laughs> the heat will stick to us, which is the most annoying thing. Oh my God. I was walking around garden centers today and I just felt so tired afterwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need coffee after this. The heat is just <laughs> sucking it right out of me. <laughs> It is. It's a struggle to get through a single day in the heat, especially if you're not at the beach or in a pool, which is where I like to be <laughs> if it's hot. Yes. I'm so excited to finally have a house with a pool. So we'll take advantage of it yes. on these two months that we're going to not have to record because we're recording so much so early. <laughs> yes. And by proxy now, I also have a pool with a house, a exactly. house with a pool because <laughs> you have a house with a pool. So. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yes, so this is episode five. It's probably going to be coming out end of June, beginning of July, maybe? Uh-huh. Wow. So, happy 4th of July, if it's that. <laughs> <laughs> happy dead of summer. <laughs> but let's do our first impressions of The Orchid's Curse. Oh, gosh. A lot of crazy um, stuff happens in this episode. <laughs> I know. They, I think. I feel like they pack so much into it. We finally get some more Bobby. Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like had like a really long like three or four episode streak without him yeah and that was i can't remember if it was the opening scene but the scene with him and them trying to figure out the situation for leo and (laughs) (laughs) it's just you know ridiculous um and i'm just gonna say that my suspicions of what's his name is it harold of him being a serial killer is (laughs) <laughs> he was only real intensified creep, real creepy i mean and i mean obviously it went over the top this episode but before the, even the end i was like dude you are creep city <laughs> yeah he's just so like i i'm convinced that he was like this before he became the scared of going outside so <laughs> it's just like no saving him. we do he's get a, a little weirdo. bit of hints in this one about like maybe some of his background a little bit, yeah. I'll, but I did think also that he has great penmanship. <laughs> yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> I, I was like, I wish I could write like that with one of those ink pens. <laughs> yeah, the last episode, you know, it was felt like a building episode, but also had like all of these. It well, I mean, it actually had the atmosphere of like a climax with all the storm going on, but it was still right. like we weren't really 
but now we were like, we're rescuing Audrey and we're learning about Harold's, you know, we're trying to get the diary and bringing everybody else mm-hmm. into it. And I really like the way everyone's third wheel friend followed them on their kickers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just laughed at the, it felt like this whole episode that James was everyone's third wheel. <laughs> Like he was Ed and Norma, uh, not oh, Norma. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, Nadine came he home. Was, <laughs> yep, and he was like their third wheel, and then he was like, Maddie was like, I don't have, a, I don't want anything to do with you to this episode. <laughs> My girlfriend's more important to me now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I support wholeheartedly. Um. Okay, well, what else? Um. I guess, first impression. I don't know if I have anything else to say for first impressions, but <laughs> yeah, I just rewatched it. So I noticed a couple of details that I'm not sure if I put in the recap. Hopefully they'll, I'll remember them when we get hmm, to them. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, I like this one. It definitely feels like, oh, we're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's like in a season with this many episodes by episode five to be building up like this much stuff already. And like, have so much going on where it's like we're still trying to find Laura's killer but Leo's in a vegetative state slash coma for now um Mm -hmm. they Leland's on trial for murder kind of sort of and they're trying to save Audrey and it's just it's crazy yeah and like after this section that we're doing the show kind of I don't know that it really changes tone but I'd say throughout season two it becomes it has more some more silly plot lines than mm-hmm. previous which i love it has a lot more melodrama in certain ways but like you can hear the music kind of starting to change now mm-hmm. like the herald stuff it still has the twin peaks theme but it's like this weird kind of i don't know what it is like a melodia or something it's kind of like <laughs> this otherworldly sound to it but it just uh-huh. i don't know the music is feeling a little lighter even like the heavier scenes <laughs> because like yeah. the instruments they're using and I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on the music because I really, I have this season two soundtrack and I really like mm-hmm. it because it's got some really fun tracks on it. But <laughs> yeah, I did notice that the music was a little different this episode. It didn't feel as noir and it felt more, like you said, lighter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like these characters have changed so much from just a couple episodes and it's crazy. <laughs> I keep forgetting that some of them are teenagers, which might be because they are in real life, but. True. And their, their storylines aren't very teenagery. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't say trying to solve my best friend's murder is not very teenager. I feel like they're all like 19 year old seniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost we, graduated. We just started late. <laughs> in, in Washington, we just start school later. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. We graduated at 20 in Washington. <laughs> uh, well, should we go ahead and get into the notes then? Yes, let's. All right. Notes for episode five of season two. It premiered on October 27th, 1990. It was directed by Graham Clifford. Okay. I think that's how you say it. G-R-A-E-M-E. So I'm not sure. It might be Graham, but I'm not sure. It might be Graham, but it might, and it might be like that Irish. Graham. 
Yeah, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> it was written by uh, Barry Pullman, only person who wrote it, so only one writer to this episode. I've never, I don't think I've heard of Barry Pullman come up before. He must have been one of the I, independent contract writers. Probably, yeah, because I didn't either. So we got a new director and a new writer. And then we have a couple new characters that come in for this episode. Let me see. We have David L. Lander as Tim Pinkle. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have Van Dyke Parks as Jack Racine. Racing. And then we have, I don't think I ever said Who's who played Jack Nancy. Racine? He's um, Leo's lawyer. Who's oh, trying to okay, say that okay. he's not able like, to stand trial. How is there a character I've never heard of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At first I was like, they don't think they really ever say his name. Maybe not. But. Um, and then I don't think I ever mentioned who plays Nancy, um, but I can't remember, but it's Galen Gorg. Okay. I think that's how you say her name. And then we have Mr. Tojimura's assistant is Derek Shimatsu. Ah. So those are our, our <laughs> new characters. And then some like fun little trivia things that I found that were fun. When Nadine is coming home from the hospital and James is walking towards the door, you can see a small like glass figurine of a woman's head and she has an eye patch over her right eye like they did. <laughs> she has a tchotchke that matches. That's sweet. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, didn't that thing get knocked down in the last season? Didn't she use her super it... strength and knock somebody out and the whole thing fell down? I was like, I guess Ed cleaned it up oh, while she yeah. was in the hospital. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And maybe the figurine was strong enough just like Nadine to survive especially made probably <laughs> probably <laughs> that's like something if i were like a, a set designer or something that would be like the fun thing is like just putting like little references of the show yeah. into the set like, i i think it's so funny and then the guy who plays leo's lawyer that i said van dyke parks he's actually a pretty well-known film composer and he's composed he worked with uh director Ro- robert altman on stuff like popeye the company and he scored uh, movies like The Brave Little Toaster and Sesame Street, Follow That Bird. Really? Yeah. So, so interesting. He yeah. So I don't know if like maybe he was just like friends with maybe Angelo Badalamente or if he knew Dave, David Lynch. I wonder, does he do, do a lot of acting too? Or was this just like a one time type of a thing? Let me see because the name, it didn't sound super familiar, but I was like, I feel like that's a name that i've seen before i used to really like that popeye movie (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen a popeye movie it's got robin williams and as popeye and Mm -hmm. what's her name from the shining oh uh oh my god is it like olivia something Mm. is that just olive oil i'm thinking of i think it's just olive oil (laughs) Okay, I'll look that up because that's going to bother me. Um, let's see what <laughs> he's acted. totally screaming at their podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see what he acted in. I don't really recognize a lot of these films, which might just be me. Uh, <laughs> but he has acted in quite a bit of stuff, mostly from like before the 2000s. Interesting. But he also did the soundtrack for like Heathers. <gasps> wow. And The Departed. Wow. I wonder and if the um, Twin Peaks Unwrapped ever interviewed him because I bet he'd make a really good interview subject. 
Yeah, because he's got such a crazy, like, and he's still working. He just recently, in 2019, wrote for Mr. Robot. Wow. Like, wrote a script or music? Yeah, he's billed as a writer. Wow, what a all-around talented <laughs> guy. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, uh, I could wish I had one, one of those. <laughs> and the last thing I have is I have the Log Lady intro, if you would like me to read oh, it. Oh, yes, please. I don't even know if I watched this one. This, this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have access to it, I don't think, on Hulu. So I just get to read them. But <laughs> sometimes nature plays tricks on us and we imagine we are something other than what we truly are. Is this a key to life in general or the case of the two-headed schizophrenic? Both heads thought the other was following itself. Finally, when one head wasn't looking, the other shot the other right between the eyes and, of course, killed himself. Wow. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> it's like a, Is there more? That's it. <laughs> it's almost like a weird, like, riddly hmm. kind of tale or I'm whatever trying, you call them. I'm trying to think of how that relates to the episode. Two-headed yeah, schizophrenic. To... That feels more like a, a one-armed man type <laughs> intro. I thought of that, or it could even be about Leland. He's, well, I guess. He's barely in this episode. Yeah. But, I you know, know, the one-armed man is even in it. But who knows? <laughs> it could be also referencing Jean Renault and Blackie. And... Oh, yeah. I did look up today Canadian prostitution laws <laughs> just to see <laughs> like, about this thing. And apparently, and now there's a way more complicated than I'm going to make it because I did not feel like trying to get all the nuances of Canadian <laughs> prostitution law. But it seems like until 2014, <laughs> It wasn't really against the law per se. It was like more treated as a nuisance than like a crime. Okay. So it was like decriminalized, I guess, but wasn't there regulated. There were like other laws around it that kind of like made it impossible to do legally in certain ways. But um, gotcha. I think in 2014, they actually made it illegal, which I thought was surprising. <laughs> That's such a weird like direction to go so so recently yeah. <laughs> i think didn't new york just decriminalize it i think maybe i don't know i'm sure there's way more nuance to it so i just thought i'd look it up because you know when i jacks in canada is there just some known like do people just know canada is where you can go is there no regulation <laughs> there i don't know <laughs> well there's there's i think it's like uh you have to like present these kind of places where it's like a structure that you go to for like sex workers who work there because there's like a I think I've heard of an equivalent thing out in like Nevada called I don't remember if it's called the bunny ranch or something yeah there's an HBO show about that place (laughs) right yeah it's like the same thing like that was technically legal I don't know the incident I think in Nevada it is legal Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? But who but knows? I mean, maybe it was very all shady. under the table because of the gambling was the main business. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was like, this is a, just a gambling place with <laughs> optional things on the side. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Canadian law aside, let's get into the recap. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Orchid's Curse. 
Ugh. Never want to see an orchid ever again. I was looking at them all day today. I was like, who's got vanilla beans I can try? (laughs) (laughs) So this one has an interesting opening. We start in the parking lot of the Great Northern. You don't usually, I don't feel like we get a lot of shots in the parking lot, but. No. Cooper wakes up with his signature hair sticking straight up. (laughs) (laughs) And immediately starts chatting with Diane at 6.40 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> he decides he's going to do some yoga to stop the pain or he's been doing yoga to stop his pain that's why he's up and about three days after getting shot <laughs> has no more <laughs> signs of injury <laughs> but he decides today he's going to start the day with a headstand <laughs> and from this pers- from this perspective he sees what he has been missing which is Audrey's note <laughs> the giant was right how could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then Hawk comes in. Long time no see, Hawk. Yay. <laughs> Doing the work like yet again. Two episodes <laughs> without them feels like a century. <laughs> yeah. Which in like in Twin Peaks world, it's like maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if but I'm like, like we haven't seen you in forever. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's been off doing the work, of course. Of course. He went up and interviewed these two retired teachers who used to live next to the old Palmer Lake house. And they did not know of any gray haired man. (laughs) They're just like literally boxes and boxes of donuts in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ah, I want a donut. (laughs) Lucy says goodbye. She's going off to visit her sister. So we probably won't see her for a couple episodes. Probably. I guess her sister lives in Tacoma. And Harry's like, don't worry, don't worry. She's waiting for the can-do girl. And she's like, sometimes the can-do <laughs> girls can-don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that line the first time until I was listening to it with headphones. And I was like, oh, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like funnier than can't-do in my opinion. I'm like, oh. Cooper comes in and... He knows where Audrey is after reading her note. She's seeing if Jack knows anything, which That's I thought right. was like a really, a really great way to code it. Yeah. I was Jack like, oh. knows something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she should be, she should be recruited. Totally. Yeah, she should be an investigator. <laughs> then we see Bobby and Shelly. They are learning what they need to take care of Leo from Mr. Pinkle, who <laughs> it's funny because I've been doing these community rewatch Uh, recordings Mm -hmm. for Twin Peaks Unwrapped and we're doing some of the last episodes in the season right now or they just recorded them and Uh there's a Mr. Pinkle in that so I wonder we'll have to see if it's the same Mr. Pinkle or if it's just one of those toad (laughs) things where they just reuse the same name (laughs) for someone else. Well I in the IMDb credits for this episode toad was listed but I was like I don't remember seeing toad so I don't know if maybe like Someone else in the background was like a toad. So he was I'll have in to re-watch. the last episode, but I mean, he just gets shuffled out of the room. So you don't really <laughs> get a good look at him. <laughs> but I don't think he was in this one. Unless he's, I don't know. I don't think we even go to the diner. Okay. Anyway, the equipment all seems really janky. <laughs> the equipment mm-hmm. he got them. And Bobby threatens Pinkle. And Pinkle says that that's all the insurance company would pay for. So I guess he's kind of like a shady guy i don't know if he's like an insurance yeah like a an adjuster or whatever yeah 
It's, yeah. That's all they could afford. Yeah. Shelly wants to know if they're going to be okay. And Bobby takes her outside as Pinkle swings in the air back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Pinkle. Then we head to the Roadhouse Courthouse. <laughs> at this point i was like if you did not think twin peaks was a small town <laughs> yes we do our trials in the bar <laughs> which is the biggest building in town by the way besides the yeah. Great northern <laughs> god i didn't even, i was like oh okay well that makes sense i can't believe they don't even have a courthouse it's crazy nothing i guess not if they don't even have a judge or a da <laughs> Yeah, I guess oh, so. Any sort of I... lawyers, except for Leland. <laughs> um, okay, but we're doing a pre-trial hearing to find out if Leland will get bail. The prosecutor doesn't think he should, and uh-huh. Truman speaks for Leland, and Laura's theme plays while he does. <laughs> it's so weird that I, I was confused as to why Leland wasn't representing himself. He was. Um, oh no, he wasn't. Yeah, Harry was who I was like. He's the no wait, the sheriff. Was, no, he was the other guy. Was the lawyer for Leo? Yeah, there was no, no I'm one saying, sitting with Leland. Yeah, but remember, Harry spoke for him. That's true. Which but, I was like, that's so weird. I think it was just like a character witness. Oh, okay. It, it just made it. I guess I I must have like misinterpreted because like I thought he was like in a in a way representing him. I was like, oh. this is weird. No, but, I, yeah, I we didn't really get to see Leland do any lawyering like he doesn't speak on his own behalf or at all really but right yeah harry i guess he had already set up for harry to speak for him that makes sense i mean you can't get um, a better yeah. source <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> but i agree leland probably should not be out on bail <laughs> he's a little too unstable <laughs> yeah well truman does make a a speech for him saying you know we're we're, we're all bound to act a little bit crazy if something tragic happens. <laughs> I mean, he did kill someone, but it's someone he thought he was the murderer, so it's not like he's just going around willy-nilly killing people. Yeah. No, okay, and then... <laughs> well, that's how Cooper feels. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, I, I feel like I relate to Cooper because I feel like everyone else was just like super nonchalant, like was just yeah. like, <laughs> he just messed up <laughs> one time. I'm like, he killed someone. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't really personally like to, I don't know, I just don't feel the need to judge whether this is a good thing or not. I'm like, okay, just, right. it is what it is. <laughs> right. Anyway, Andy is doing courtroom sketches, <laughs> but only showing the back of the head. <laughs> but he's a good, he should, he should do more of that. I know. The judge releases Leland on his own recognizance, which is definitely better for the show. <laughs> Yeah, it's better for the show. Donna's back to see Harold. She has a proposition for him. She will tell Harold about her life for his living novel, quote unquote, (laughs) if he lets her read the diary. And he says he will, but, but he will read it to her. But they can't leave the room. It can't leave the room. (laughs) <laughs> weird i was like what you want to read it to her that's gross dude <laughs> that is gross and i i just like i don't understand i'm like donna 
that was your best friend. You don't really know this person. Just grab the diary and run outside. I mean, she he can't does. chase you. She should have just kept going. Yeah, I and mean, she was like <laughs> feeling bad. I was like, he's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he is a shut in and she's doing wheels on wheels. So I guess she already started with the assumption that he's a little off and she does seem to like him somewhat. I feel like she's very conflicted about this. <laughs> Donna doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. So they begin. Donna is kind of Nancy Drewing um, as he, you know, gets the diaries out. And he gets out a journal for her, a composition book. And this is where he's got the good penmanship. <laughs> Donna. Seriously. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she starts, and one of the first things she says is that her father delivered her. And I was like, is that weird? <laughs> I mean, I know he's a baby doctor, but it seems like it'd be weird if your husband delivered your baby. Maybe not. <laughs> um, I Well, is he a baby doctor? Is that what he is? Uh, he's a doctor doctor. I think he does everything. Yeah, because it's just, it's funny because uh, my mom's a, a labor and delivery nurse. And right. because she's only worked in like hospitals, I mean, she worked at hospitals in Jacksonville and Miami. So it's like big cities. So there's all like, you know, specialized doctors for like just babies and right so it was just funny to hear donna be like he's a doctor i'm like i don't <laughs> think he uh he might not be perfect for that but i mean he i think didn't he deliver laura too so that's true that's true i like, guess he must he be pretty all the doctoring in the town <laughs> it's like he's <laughs> real busy oh they should have kept the population at like 1000 or whatever they had initially intended it for seriously yeah, she asks him about himself, and he's like, I kind of grew up in books. And Donna is all, there are things you can't find in books. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. And then she grabs the diary and takes it outside. Harold goes out to grab it and starts shaking and collapses. <laughs> I was like, this is a red flag. <laughs> I was like, is he a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> I had just listened to an episode today about this person who was like a serial killer in, was it, oh, it was in Argentina. And he was abandoned like as a baby and he like had watched Dracula and was like, ah, oh, I'm a vampire. And was like, <laughs> apparently had claimed he was, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's like they're light phobic, like the light uh -huh. hurts them. And I so I wondering. just was like, I was yeah. like, is he a vampire? For a second, I did think maybe he does have like one of those like photosensitivity things. Yeah. And where it like maybe literally that's hurts why him. he can't go out. He does this, I think, was where he says he grew up in Boston, but really grew yeah. up in books. Yeah, that's where he said that. Okay. Yeah, so Donna, I guess, has a change of heart because she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> she was trying to be playful, but then when he really collapsed, she was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, whoops. <laughs> she should, I mean, seriously, just tell the police right now. They can go over there, grab the diary, all done. And leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to the the Roadhouse Courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> Leo is on trial now. <laughs> the DA objects to the word normal when the lawyer compares his brain activity. <laughs> <laughs> at first i thought he was um objecting to the to like this is leo's previous brain activity but then i realized though he was just talking about the lawyer i was like that's funny yeah 
<laughs> He's like, normal? Hmm. <laughs> Leo's lawyer argues that the trial would be a mockery considering his condition. The judge seems kind of annoyed by the DA's style. Because he's like, okay, 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 okay. (laughs) He says he has to deliberate. But he wants to talk to Harry and Cooper. They go to the bar and get some sort of drink. (laughs) Sid whips them up some crazy country. (laughs) Blue, I know, but... Blue and black thing. (laughs) What's blue besides blue curacao? (laughs) I don't know. To me, I was like, is that Freon and gasoline? Like... (laughs) And oil. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. (laughs) Blue Fanta. Yeah. He basically wants to know what the town thinks if Leo actually did kill Laura Palmer. He doesn't like want it to turn into a circus. And I guess after a little talk, they decide to declare, or he decides to declare them, him, Leo, not competent to stand trial. And then Harry, after drinking, goes over to tell Shelly, and I'm like, are you drunk? <laughs> because <laughs> he kind of looks like he got a little bit tipsy drinking it. And then he walks over, and he's like, Shelly, great news. Leo's not going to go to jail. <laughs> and I was like, even though I know that's what she wanted, that smile on your face doesn't feel yeah. correct. <laughs> I did think it was sort of weird, just the way he was like, hey, Shelly. <laughs> Like, almost like he was like, you're here too? I know. I was like, I think he got drunk off that drink. That he, just <laughs> he did say you have to watch out how many of these you have. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the judge, while Harry is away, advises Cooper to keep his eye on the woods. He says they are wonderful, but strange. Hmm. I think we already know that. Yep. And then Nadine and Ed come home. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> James is there. Nadine wants to know where mom and dad are. That's <laughs> oh, like out they're out of town. That was good enough for her. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Jacoby is in Hawaii, so no sessions with him at the moment. And then Nadine pulls the door off of the refrigerator. <laughs> She's like a real Jessica Jones. <laughs> she was like, it just came off. <laughs> All oh, right, <laughs> I love Nadine. I love Nadine. I want more Nadine. I hope we get more. Oh, we do. More. We do. This is the start of one of my favorite season two storylines. <laughs> oh, good. So back at the Great Northern, Tajimoro or Tajimora is here to visit Ben. He presents an Asian investment firm who has a plan for Ghostwood, and he brought a check for five million, like a cashier's check, I think. Mm-hmm. And. Hank is sneaking, or I guess Hank isn't really sneaking around. Bobby is following Hank around, like sneaking around. Cooper is walking around with a duck whistle now. (laughs) (laughs) Hank comes in, you know, for a second. It's like, Cooper's on his way. And then the call from Canada comes in. Jean gives the drop-off instructions. And Ben gives Cooper the money. He says that Audrey's life is in Cooper's hands now. Cooper is very stone-faced throughout. He doesn't even say a word until, like, the last second. And after he leaves, Ben tells Hank to follow him. He doesn't think that Cooper will be coming back. Oh, Ben. And he was like, if you can, get both Audrey and the money back. Yeah. 
you're a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. He really, I've never felt so much like, Ben, you're, you're really not great. <laughs> As I have this <laughs> <No>. one. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, Donna and Maddie are making a plan to steal the diary. They've got their little drawn out schematics. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Renault has a secret knife up his sleeve that he's planning to kill Cooper with. <laughs> I was like, how is that going to kill him? <laughs> he got shot the other day. <laughs> You're just going to yeah. stab him with a little knife that comes out of your shirt. <laughs> this, to me, I it was like so ridiculous. And I was like, this is like a Halloween, <laughs> like kids ninja costume gag. <laughs> I know, it's so Inspector Gadget or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> we do. I mean, find it does out. work. Oh, well, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> Not in the it same way that it would work with Cooper. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they say that they're planning on killing Audrey with an overdose, basically. Uh, Nancy wants Blackie dead, too. That's part of her arrangement. That's such a... I was like, ugh, you guys must not be close sisters. I know, I said, this is a dangerous and backstabby kind of a conspiracy. <laughs> Seriously. Everybody wants each other dead. So, meanwhile, Andy is at Lucy's desk. I guess it was a can-don't girl after all because she never showed. <laughs> <laughs> the desk and him are covered with post-its. <laughs> <laughs> and he calls to get his test results. <laughs> And lo and behold, he's cured. Yay. There's not just three men on a fishing trip, but a whole damn town. <laughs> I'm a whole damn town. <laughs> that is one of the best lines. <laughs> I'm a whole damn town. <laughs> and Harry's just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, don't ask. And I'm like, it's because you have no idea what he's <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Hawk found where Philip Gerard had been staying, and he also found his medicine, which has a strange, deep smell. <laughs> I'm like, we can't look up the prescription to see what it is. Well, I think they did look it up before. I think it might have been some sort of antipsychotic or something. Oh. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't. I'm. My memory is garbage today, so I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'll I don't think later. they really made a big deal out of it. I think it might have just been like a passing thing. Uh, okay. Harry and Cooper are making their own plan. They are actually not. I rewatching the episode. I was like, no, you guys aren't very good at keeping secrets because they're so like, we're not doing anything. No, we're, don't look at this paper. We're not looking at this paper. <laughs> you <laughs> can go home now. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> With these blueprints everywhere. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they're making their own plan. They know she's at One-Eyed Jacks. They're going to go rescue her. Meanwhile, Andy goes to call Lucy to tell her and gets an abortion clinic. <gasps> oh, oh she's no. Doing it. Okay, so then Maddie comes into the double R. James is there. Maddie is very evasive and skedaddles on out of there. <laughs> <laughs> James, with a worried expression, follows her. <laughs> I like James. the way she's like, I'm I'm not talking to you anymore. You're a boy yeah. who's caused problems in my life. <laughs> Girlfriends only. <laughs> Donna's more important to me. Probably. I mean, she's known Donna for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a pair that I support 100%. Yeah. So 
Maddie is waiting outside um, in the bushes as Donna <laughs> tells Harold a story for his her diary. It's basically the story from the diary that we read about them skinny dipping with the 20-year-olds when they were 13. Yes. But from Donna's perspective. Yeah, and so I, a lot was omitted. <laughs> yeah. I put, I wrote in little uh, brackets, this show has got to be why I started smoking. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone's smoking 24-7. I know. And they just look so cool when they're smoking. I don't know. <laughs> That's like Donna's new, like, cool persona is that she's wearing blazers and she's always smoking. <laughs> uh, I said, Harold must already know this story from Laura's perspective because it's in the diary. Yeah. And Donna almost seems to be channeling Laura as she's giving this monologue. Mm-hmm. She still remembers that first kiss. It was the first time she ever fell in love. And Harold thinks it was a beautiful story. <laughs> I'm like, I do not. <laughs> I guess he forgave her for forcing him outside earlier. <laughs> for making him incapacitated. Yeah. So then Cooper and Harry are dressed in their cat burglar suits. All in black, <laughs> outside one-eyed jacks. Harry takes out a guard with a... <laughs> I think he grabs him by the balls. <laughs> yeah. This is very much like a Home Alone gag. <laughs> type of thing because <laughs> he's like whoa and then he turns around and smashes his head yeah. into the door yeah <laughs> as he's doing that though an owl is hooting and catching oh. cooper's attention but they're in they almost get caught immediately but since no one's really looking for them to be there no one notices them they find blackie and john okay and then we um skip over back to harold he's showing off his orchids he Again. says that humidity <laughs> is paramount for orchids. And then he, gross. yeah, he kisses Donna's palm. That was gross too. <laughs> I was very audibly like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. And then they really kiss. And this is where I was like, the music sounds like it's played on glass. Like, I know it's probably not, it's like a keyboard, <laughs> but it sounds like it's some sort of glass. Because it's got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, so when Harold goes out, which he leaves so abruptly, I'm like, what's going He's on? He's going to gonna, get his murder tools. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please excuse me for one second. I gotta, I gotta leave. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so when he goes out, she signals for Maddie to come in, and she seems a little regretful for all of this subterfuge. No. But then we go back to One-Eyed Jacks, where Cooper runs into Nancy, and he tells her to take him to Audrey Horn. And we find Audrey, finally, she's tied to the bed. She's very strung out. Nancy plays innocent and then grabs her knife. But Cooper, <sighs> and this feels very doomed to me, he sees it like through the mirror and then he just ignores it until she's practically there and he just reaches up and grabs it i'm like paul atreides (laughs) (laughs) it was very it did give me that and it was a very interesting punch that he gave her in her stomach yes he like gum punches her (laughs) yeah she's like (laughs) very much like it was very like 
cartoony the way these people <laughs> react to getting punched and knocked out. Yeah, who did the fight for Which I love in this it. episode. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny to me. Yeah, well, I guess it works because he grabs Audrey and then, because we never see her again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Harry is like crouched and looking in the door of the office and Jean and Blackie kiss. And then he kills her with a knife to the back, I believe, or maybe to the neck. I couldn't tell because all I saw was kissing yeah. and then like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> You heard the what? Yeah, and it's like, oh, he's kissing her and blood is coming blood out of her mouth. It's so disgusting. <laughs> it is. He's gross. <laughs> he is. Okay, so, oh yeah, so John sees Harry. He fires at him. Just then, Cooper carrying Audrey come up. And he and Harry run out, but then they meet another go- <laughs> gun-toting <laughs> bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're done for when Hawk comes in with a last-minute save, a knife to the back. <laughs> <laughs> I of believe course. he's done this at One-Eyed Jacks before, hasn't he? A knife he to the back? It? Did he save their butt the last time they went to One-Eyed Jacks? <laughs> I'm sure. This is the thing with Hawk is that he does all, like, the ground police work. He's always the boots on the ground and he's always the one to save them at the end. Yeah. Thank God for Hawk. Seriously. He should be the sheriff. I think I've said He should be the mayor. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching, rewatching Back to the Future trilogy and I feel mm-hmm. very invested in who the mayor is at any given time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like this weird background subplot that's going on. <laughs> About who the mayor is. I've never seen those. I feel like a terrible person. Oh, well, they, I think they all just got put on Netflix, so they're easily accessible right now. I'll have to watch them because I feel like there's so many references to Back to the Future that, and I'm like always like, ooh, I don't know what this means. Oh, you should definitely watch, especially the first one. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> Very goonies. All right. So, anyway, back to Twin Peaks. Hank saw, oh, Hank. I always get Hank and Harry, but. Hank <laughs> saw all of this go down, and as he's reporting to Ben, Jean is he using a cell phone? Do we have cell phones in 1990? No, I mean, they had the really big ones, but I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he might be, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him because you know, uh, Ben's really rich, that's true, so that's true. he might that's true. have a plenty anyway. He's reporting to Ben when Jean grabs him and pulls out his wallet, I guess, but it's the DA badge that he stole in the last episode. So he thinks, I guess, now that he's a DA agent. Oh. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> Little do you know. <laughs> <laughs> a district attorney, I should say, probably. So, okay, back inside uh, Harold's house, Maddie is trying to find the diary. And then Harold comes back and scares Donna half to death. <laughs> <laughs> she's very flustered she tries to get him to like look at this orchid over here but he sees maddie and then he grabs a, pa- a plant claw is what i called it i don't know what you call it. <laughs> that's what i was like is it a a, a hand a, a hand garden claw garden claw thing? plant claw, <laughs> plant claw. <laughs> orchid claw yeah he says are you looking for secrets and the ultimate secret is that Laura knew who killed her. And then he oh. scratches his face with the claw. 
And Maddie screams in just the Laura fashion, and she and Donna huddle together in fear. Oh, I guess James doesn't come in. I should probably, oops, should cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) I figured he would since he followed them. Yeah, okay. Well, the very beginning of the next episode, you'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ah, And that's it for this episode. That's crazy. I was kind of surprised that they didn't pull another, like, pull another one on Harold and make Maddie pretend to be Laura. Yeah. Although I think it went so badly last time that maybe they're like, let's not do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's creepy and weird and I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm like, why don't they just grab the book and run outside? No, I should have grabbed the book from the beginning. (laughs) When she first Um, ran outside with it, she just stayed outside (laughs) She should have. She'd never come back because he's creepy. He's clawing himself in the face. <laughs> Weirdo. And she's a freaking teenager. How old is Harold? He looks like he's in his 30s. Gross. So much inappropriateness. <laughs> do you have a favorite part <laughs> from this episode? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I think my favorite part is going to be when they're at the double R and Maddie is just like large coffee to go and has nothing to do (laughs) (laughs) wants nothing to do with James and is just completely brushing him off. Yeah. (laughs) It just made me laugh because she was just like, it was such a change of character from before where she was just like, whatever. I know before it was always, Oh, James, this time she barely even notices him. I can't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, and I did think at that point, I was like, I wonder if he got like a weird little like nostalgia feeling of maybe, I'm sure Laura at some point was like that towards him. Oh, definitely. (laughs) So I'm sure he was like, why is this happening again with the same face? (laughs) Probably. I was surprised that Harold didn't have any sort of response to Maddie looking exactly like Laura. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, at first, I was like, oh, is he going to think it's Laura? And Maybe that's he already gonna... knows about Maddie a little bit because of probably Donna talking to him. Well, I'll say my favorite parts. Ugh, it's going to be hard because I like the Roadhouse Courthouse. <laughs> I <think that's> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the way they switch back and forth at the end between, you know, what I jacks and what's happening at Harold's house. But I think yes. my favorite part in all of that is when Donna tells the story of the skinny dipping. Uh-huh. Because it's a good monologue. She does have one weird, awkward spot where she's dancing in a circle, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> But it's very quick, so. <laughs> yeah, it's very David Lynch. And it definitely, like, you know, where she starts off to where she ends up, it's just quite a great little acting monologue. So. Yeah. Give it to Donna again. I know. Wow. Two times. Yeah. Maybe the last time. There might be some more. There might be some more choice Donna moments coming up. Yeah. I do like where her character's going, even though I make fun of it. Oh, yeah. She's definitely the most soap opera of all of the yes, storylines. I, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. So I guess those would be my favorite parts. Are we 
ready for the deep dive? <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Okay, well, I was looking at the Twin Peaks Unwrapped book again, of course. And <laughs> I just want to say, I heard today, I was listening to their podcast, and I think they're going to be doing the... They sold out of the original printing, but I think they're going to be doing print on demand from Amazon. So oh, you wow. can still get the book. And it's probably cheaper getting it in other countries too because the shipping won't be so bad oh wow that's awesome yeah so the log line for this episode agent cooper pursues a rescue mission to free audrey horn from one-eyed jacks pretty straightforward yep. <laughs> straight to the point this is what we've all been waiting for get audrey out of there <laughs> yes and give audrey more screen time <laughs> yes so i got a couple stuff from their interviews. Okay, so they produced some like merch starting now. Ken Shear, who they interviewed for the book, I think he, I'm not sure exactly what he did, but he was trying to get like product placement and stuff. He had gotten this deal with a uh -huh. coffee company, but ABC wouldn't let them do any product placement because they had some sort of thing where they just didn't do product placement on television, which obviously didn't last but for another couple of years when Seinfeld <laughs> right um, not that they were ABC but you know like I guess the whole landscape changed after that right but that would have been cool if they had had like a coffee tie-in <laughs> yeah that would have been awesome I would love to have bought to buy some Twin Peaks coffee yeah and I also around this time the Nielsen ratings started to go down so Ken Shear was one of the people trying to prove that you know people were getting together in groups to watch it and you couldn't really measure that in Nielsen ratings. Right. And it was also pre-social media that it was very hard to prove that. Also really interesting tidbit, the character of Harold Smith was actually based on a real guy, Arthur oh. Crew Inman. He had come from a wealthy family and would pay people he called talkers so that he could write these long diaries. And But apparently this guy seems like he was even more of a creep than Harold. So <laughs> I'm oh, sure there's Jesus. a podcast about him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like I want to look him up. Yeah. But I did the deep dive on Blackie O'Reilly, a.k.a. the Black Rose. <laughs> I did note that because we had talked about Nancy and how she appeared in the diary a little bit, and I figured out that there is an entry where Nancy brings Laura her clothes after she quits One-Eyed Jacks, um. and I think also her money. And she tells her something important, but the page is torn away. So I think when we were doing the diary, I was like, we'll have to see if we can figure out what that important thing was. And I was like, what could, what could she have told her? Maybe it has something to do with maybe ben running maybe the she place, found out maybe that she I feel like it would be sister. ripped out though. I don't know, maybe... I wonder if they already had this plan to try to bring down One-Eyed Jacks, and she was like, well, let me tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. She does not have a trading card, Blackie, which doesn't seem fair considering Jean Renault gets one, but... He, yeah, that's rude. He's got more stuff to come, so... Uh, yeah, so looking at other people's guesses on her astrology, there were not a lot of people guessing Blackie's astrology. And the only one I found was <laughs> Pisces, which okay. yeah, maybe I didn't write down the description for Pisces though, because we've done, at this point I'm like, we've done all these descriptions. Some of them I feel like I'm 
repeating uh, <laughs> descriptions. But <laughs> my other two options, I looked up who's like a good, like who would be in the con artist type world, you know? Okay. I was looking for like low level con artists. <laughs> <laughs> level two, level two tier. <laughs> yeah. So my other options were Scorpio. It says a definite, oh no, a definite player in the con artist world. Duplicitous to the umpth degree. Scorpio sees no boundaries they won't cross. Though you may never cross theirs. <laughs> Which is why they're such good <laughs> scammers and con artists. You'll never know who they are, nor will you know their real names, gender, intention. All you'll know is what you've been is that you've been hit by a smooth criminal. Hello, Scorpio. <laughs> Just like the lethal animal that represents you, you set up your prey and you go briskly for the kill. Hmm. I mean, I don't think she's quite like that. that suave, but yeah. No. <laughs> that was like what I was going to say, that it seems like she is like just a little bit of Scorpio. She's not the most conniving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one I put down was Virgo. Okay. What Virgo wants from you is something you'll never give to them freely. So they tend to fall back on their wicked and most manipulative traits. Virgo does love a good bank account, it's true, and they have been known to construct some elaborate cons and fraud schemes to enact that love. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you send cash, ask what the sign of the person is that you're sending it to. You never know. If it's a Virgo, you may be on your way to being duped. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one for her. I don't think either of them were like great descriptions for Blackie in particular, but yeah, I think maybe some Virgo and Scorpio. Yeah, I would say a good mix of the both. Yeah. I mean, maybe she's got some Pisces in there. She's definitely got some stuff that we'll never learn about because she's... <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like shocked to see her die this episode. I was like, ah, oh, it yeah. feels so early. And I was looking up the actress and I think this was like one of the last things she did before she retired. Oh, and wow. I know that I think it might have been in the Twin Peaks and Rap book that she was saying or... She, somebody was saying that she was kind of sad that her character was going to be killed off and then she never really did anything else <laughs> oh that's sad yeah well maybe she found other priorities mm-hmm. or maybe it's just too hard being a woman in the acting world <laughs> that's very true <laughs> <laughs> and then for D D, <laughs> i just said neutral and or chaotic evil I, I would say chaotic evil because <laughs> she kind of, she's a little chaotic and brings about trouble. Like, you know, the whole plan to drug Audrey for money, it seems so like not organized and yeah. planned out well. Yes, definitely. I don't know why I thought neutral, maybe just because she runs a business. <laughs> so maybe she has to be a little less chaotic. <laughs> She's a small business owner. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I think about her and Laura's encounter and I think, mm, yeah, maybe in chaotic is, well, I don't know. Maybe that's why Laura brought her down so easily is because she's not as chaotic as she should be. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could also, position. you could also argue that the whole situation with Laura that kind of Blackie brought about was chaotic, so. Yeah, that's true. They also go with chaotic evil. <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of the that end of both spectrums. We need more levels of, like, not just, we need like a 12 grid system and not a 9 grid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
Oh, okay, well, that's it for the deep dive. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so, final thoughts on this episode? Uh, I just, I don't know. I feel like we, which was, felt weird, we didn't get any Bob hardly, like, we didn't get any mention, I think, of Bob in this episode at all. Yeah. But I, I'm excited that we're getting really close to finding out who the killer is and... I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do with my suspicions. I feel like at this point it could be anybody. So. I know. I'm excited for it to happen because I want you to know so that I don't have to feel like it's a big secret anymore. You have to tiptoe. But for the show, it feels like it's happening really fast. Like, we don't need to know who the killer is. I know that they kind of pressured them into revealing the killer. I mean, not kind of, did pressure them into revealing the killer because they didn't want to. Right. But we'll find out in a couple episodes and we'll talk about it more then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. I'm interested to see the fallout at One-Eyed Jacks after all this drama. Like, Blackie's dead. She's not running it anymore, so... Yeah. And we have to assume that Jean is probably not gonna be running it either because then he'd be pretty obvious where to find him (laughs) right yeah and him and i'm assuming ben are not gonna be on good terms so i wouldn't think so (laughs) (laughs) but maybe ben isn't really in a good position to be running that place anymore that's true ben probably should just go to jail but he might yeah he might have his own repercussions from this we'll see Yes, and then I'm also very excited for, <laughs> was it uh, Mr. Tashimura? Tashimura. I'm excited for that reveal to come because it's going <laughs> to be really funny to me to see everyone's face. I know. It's kind of in a way I'm like, I don't know if, I'm kind of glad you know because I like, because you can see little details when he's there, but yeah. like, I don't want to talk to you about it because, you know, someone listening might not know, even though I assume probably most people right. do or don't care that much if they're just getting to it now. But regardless, we won't say anything else about it, but it is interesting to like, yeah, have a clue about that character and yeah, see the I'm, interactions. I'm just excited for that. Yeah. That's that storyline just to kind of like go further. Cause we only got, we got a little bit more this episode. Yeah. I was like, it's the perfect persona because there's no like, yes, when he went to shake hands and he was like, I'm going to bow, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering about his assistant and how that position came about. (laughs) So (laughs) Yeah, I also was like, hmm, interesting. So it'll be fun to see that further, further along. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think that's... We're just planting the seeds of that storyline right now. (laughs) Yes, yeah. I'm very excited to see just anything that's coming. I I just, like, I don't know uh, what's going to happen, except that Harold needs to be away somewhere else because he's creepy. Yeah. I'm worried for Shelly and her having... Her and Bobby. I mean, Bobby seems so, like, she seems like she's putting all of this (laughs) faith into Bobby, and Bobby does not seem like he deserves to have that much faith put into him. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I was like, can he, like, live up to all of this? (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) 
<laughs> he seems very unstable. I know. Oh, also speaking of Bobby, I meant to mention it earlier. Um, today is uh, Dana Ashbrook's birthday. So happy birthday, Dana Ashbrook. Oh yeah, I did see that. I feel like every day is somebody from Twin Peaks' birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like last time we recorded, it was someone's birthday. Probably because every day is somebody's birthday from Twin Peaks. Seriously, every day <laughs> I look on social media and it's like, just pictures of somebody whose birthday it is. <laughs> if it's not their birthday just... in real life, it's their birthday on the show or it's the show's anniversary of something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody out there just has a Twin Peaks calendar with all the anniversaries to celebrate every year. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess, I don't know if I had any other final thoughts besides that, except for that. I'm just really excited because we're, we've only got a few more episodes left to record in this section and they're all like big ones it's just like a big episode after big episode it just keeps getting bigger and mm -hmm. yeah so i'm very excited to see how you react to them <laughs> yeah i was very tempted to just start watching the next episode after i finished that one but i was like let me wait <laughs> but yeah i would say definitely a good episode probably not my favorite episode but a lot of stuff happens in this one a lot of important stuff comes to a good conclusion yeah so yeah a lot happened yeah really good Now for recommendations. <laughs> yes, I'm like, what am I gonna recommend today? <laughs> I'm gonna recommend the one show I finally finished. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, you can go first. Okay, I'm gonna recommend Shadow and Bone, which is a show I just finished. Oh. I'm sure it's not everyone's cup of tea, but if you like me, like Jane Austen and Twin Peaks, I was like. <laughs> then it might be a good meshing of the feelings of the, I mean, with a healthy dose of <laughs> fantasy thrown in. Uh-huh. But, you know, I, I really like a good, I think it's based on a YA fantasy book, and I love a good YA fantasy. It was a little confusing, the world, because they just throw you in, mm -hmm. you know, in that way of fantasy worlds, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> but I ultimately really did enjoy it. And I'm excited to see a season two. Yeah, that's, we had just uh, saw that it popped up on Netflix recently. And we were like, oh, that looks, we watched like the little trailer for it too. <laughs> it looks really interesting. So yeah. I, I have been missing a, like a giant kind of like fantasy kind of series. Yeah, like a dark fantasy with some magic thrown in and. Yeah, just some sort of. Any, like fantasy elements I feel like lately we've been watching a lot of like realism kind of stuff and all this talk about <laughs> not Maya's favorite <laughs> realism schmealism <laughs> <laughs> but you know all this talk about this new Lord of the Rings series that they're going to come out with has like oh yeah has like a maybe want to watch rewatch all the movies again it's been a long time <laughs> I know I, I'm it's been a long time for me but I really want to watch them. So I just, I'm like craving that and like all this like House of Dragons stuff, which yeah. I'm really excited for. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to dive into that soon. Yeah. It's, I, 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 you know, there's something about the difference between like female fantasy and male fantasy that even though it might be a little more lighter, mm -hmm. a little bit lighter, but I always prefer <laughs> female fantasy. 
because it's got the romance and mm -hmm. it's not so much just people being horrible all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not despair and poverty and yeah, violence. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Game of Thrones more than Lord of the Rings with that one, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of despair in Lord of the Rings too. There is, but there's a lot of jokes too. Yeah, there's some more fun characters. <laughs> <laughs> There's fun, lovable characters. Yeah. Uh, now I want to watch it so bad. <laughs> well, my recommendation is also going to be a, a Netflix TV show. Oh, wow. We had just finished it last night. It's a, ooh, I think a four-part series. Unfortunately, it is a crime. It's sort of like a, like a documentary in a sense where it tells the story of it, but it's also one of those shows where it like, gives you like a theory as to what's going on, uh -huh. almost like that. If you've ever seen that Zodiac killer uh -huh. Hulu thing that they did, but it's called Sons of Sam. Oh, I've heard of that. And yeah, it's about the Son of Sam killer from the 70s, I believe, in New York. And it just kind of goes into the story at first. And what I think is really cool is that they give you like footage of New York during that time, which is like, <laughs> like a complete 180 from what it is right now <laughs> yeah. there's like you know buildings next to like just rubble complete like covered like acres and <laughs> it's just it's just crazy to think about New York City in that way and how different it is now mm -hmm. but it goes into like the story of the crimes and then this guy who it's kind of like based on his like theories and stuff like that it kind of gives you this like theory about maybe like you know maybe what you know about this is not exactly what has been going on and it kind of gives this really fun and i say fun because it's a it's a poor choice for <laughs> a documentary about a serial killer but it's right. like a really interesting and i would say that the evidence that is presented is pretty good like i don't know i'm not going to give too much thought into it at this point this because it's been like 50 years since it happened but it's just a really interesting theory uh -huh. and a really good easy watch so are they theorizing that there's multiple people since it's called sons yeah. of sam okay yeah so if you look at like the little like title card for it it's like son of sam and then there's a second s and it's bright red like ooh. <laughs> but um yeah there's the theory and i don't want to give too much away but the basic form of it is like right was he the only killer or did he do it alone like right but it's, it's very interesting and i i really enjoyed it it was like not too gruesome with some parts of it is they do show a couple times crime scene photos which i don't like but it's just, it's really interesting. So I'd recommend if you're if into crime at all, mm -hmm. crime stuff, it's a good fast watch. Oh, maybe I'll check that one out. On Netflix, you said? Yeah. Yep. Sons of Sam. And the theory is just like really interesting. I do like the occasional crime documentary. <laughs> yeah. There's so many nowadays that I definitely do not watch them all, but yeah, well, that you like know, a good one. Sometimes you kind of have to pick because they also came out with one on Netflix recently that was... <laughs> not good and very like <laughs> oh, what's the word like they kind of did not handle the situation that happened to this woman well so mm. it was just kind of like shitty but this one's very good this one is not like that <laughs> this one put it at the top of your list <laughs> yes I would say so all right well next week we're doing persuasion chapters 14 through 18 yes I believe 
and the week after we'll be doing Twin Peaks episode six. Uh, and can't wait. we can't wait for you guys to join us. We did have a couple questions for people who from people who are wondering. I mean we're still obviously really early <laughs> recording this, but they were wondering, you know, if they had thoughts on stuff, should they save it until we get closer to the next check-in? or send it in week to week. Like if you're reading Persuasion for the first time or if you're watching Twin Peaks for the first time, we'd love to hear your feedback on either. And I say, do it however you want, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do it week to week, I will probably respond to you personally, but we can definitely still save it up for the check-in. Mm -hmm. But if you'd rather just send us something closer to the check-in, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear what people have to say. Um, I'm just excited if people are interested in- Yeah. And talking about it. Yeah. Because this is like a really fun aspect of the podcast. So Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's really interesting doing these two very divergent artists as part of the same podcast and seeing yeah. <laughs> who will who will dip their toes into the other waters. <laughs> yeah. And at and what point? What do they think when they get when they get yeah, there? <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to hear what people have to say. Yeah, me too. So if you wanted to write us, you could. Yes. <laughs> you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And we also have a support button on our website if you would like to support us in our endeavors to have better sound quality for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we would very much appreciate it. Yes, and we have been racking our brains as to what kind of Patreon goodies we might be able to offer you or Anchor or whatever. So let us know if there's anything that you particularly like if you support other Patreons or that you'd particularly like to hear from us. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about <laughs> some stuff that's like maybe Jane Austen or David Lynch adjacent that maybe we can do some extra episodes on. So like stuff. Yeah, I was thinking today maybe we could do um, a whole series that's like Christian makes me watch stuff that I've never oh. seen that he loves. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. That could be really fun. But yeah, yes. that would be awesome. Yeah, so stuff like that. Unedited. Um, yeah. <laughs> so stuff like that, would, which like is all like the really fun like stuff that we are thinking about um, possibly for Patreon. So let us know. Yeah. Yeah, let us know because we'd love to talk to you guys more. Yes. Um And... That's it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's okay. it. Well, then we will see you back here next week at the same time. <laughs> Start with the giggles and I'll end with the giggles. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is like how I end every voicemail. Um, okay, well, then I guess that's all I have to say. So, goodbye. <laughs> I guess I'll um, just go now. If I do that. I'd say I'm going to hang up instead of just hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike my grandmother who used to hang up on me without saying goodbye. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I, I love that, actually. I guess we're done with this conversation. <laughs> she didn't want to talk anymore. <sighs> All right. <laughs> but I won't hang up without saying goodbye. So, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.